So I just talking to All right, dear. Hello, I'm Nana. And if you enjoy listening to my sweethearts talk on this show, maybe tell a friend of yours. And maybe they can enjoy it, too. And if you would like to see this little show go a little bit further, maybe check out the Darlings Buy Me a Coffee account. All right. Okay, honey, you can go ahead with your flashlight thing now. Ladies, gentlemen, please take your seats. The spotlight is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. I'm Mystery Matt, and you're listening to the Mystery Matt Spotlight Podcast. This evening, we are going to be covering SCPs, and we'll get into what that means in a minute. I am joined this evening by Peter and Colleen, who have both done a fair bit of research. Peter's got like a half novel over there, and Colleen's probably got a couple files on her phone. (laughs) And I got a page or two. So, yeah. Um, You guys want to say hi? Hi. Hello. Awesome. So, an SCP. SCP stands for Secure, Contain, and Protect, if I'm not mistaken. Secure, Protect, Contain. Oh, sec- Secure, Protect, Contain. No, SCP. No, no I had it right. SCP. You S- right. Oh, yeah, sorry. I had it right. Secure, Control, Protect. No, or it's contain, Secure, protect, Contain. And Protect, yeah. Sorry. It's a good thing Peter's here. <laughs> so... They started out being a series of creepypastas you could find in different places on the internet, Reddit, um, YouTube is where I started watching a lot of them. They can range from anywhere from like four minutes long to some of them are like three hours long if you get a whole string of them, uh, mainly the one that Colleen's going to start off with. But they're little stories about these different uh, phenomenons or entities that... Artifacts? artifacts of some sort weird happenings um and they're delivered in a way as if it's a researcher doing a vocal recording of what he's seeing or maybe even parts of an interview and stuff like that i think that that covers it and but so each one of them is given a number uh if it's a low number it's going to have a zero in front of it but you'll get used to that um and each one of them usually has like a number and then kind of like a name or like a nickname for them, except for, well, one that we're going into anyway, because some of them are, well, what's up? Well, before we go into the, actually the numbers, just, I do want to put out there that for me, SCP um, really changed the entire creepypasta aspect of the internet. It just made it so much more believable and fun. It definitely gave it that maybe aspect yeah yeah like wait is this actually real and both you and i you noticed them first but i was as amazed we actually saw people dressed up as scp technicians at comic field agents field agents yeah Yeah. at comic-con here this year well i started actually reading the scps back in like 2008 when they started um so i've been reading them forever and long before there were videos on them And they're all put forth as though you're reading a government file. There are redacted parts. There's a lot of things out. There's there's even a whole list of you can look up the researchers. You can look up the agents. You can find out all that information. And part of the lore that's gone along with this is that people... They have a Wikipedia. Yes. They have a number of sites. There's even a site that makes it look as though you're actually breaking into the government. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've been there. And... What a lot of people, where people have kind of fun with this is that the big question is always goes into the conspiracy theories of, is this actually fake? Or is this an issue where government is like, hey, you know what? People are finding out about this stuff. Let's put it out there as a creepy pasta. So no one will believe it. They'll be able to read it, do whatever. It exists, but we're going to make them think it does. Well, that's the line from the faculty, yeah. right? You well, know. now we have a conspiracy within a conspiracy. Oh, uh, it's not the first time. No, no, no. probably won't be the last either no, in this no. crazy world. Yeah, because as long as you got lube, you're okay. So um, we should also probably explain the different classifications of these entities. Um, I can only remember one off the top I, of my head. I have them all. 
Oh, Colleen knows. Here, I'll hand it to you. So when they come across an anomalous entity, which could be an object, it could be a person, there's a test they like to do. It's called the box test. And that test will help determine what class the object is. The objects are in five different classes. And so think about that if you've got this object, let's say it's a book. If you put it inside of a locked box and nothing happens, absolutely nothing, it's considered safe, which means it it can be contained, it can be controlled, you have no issue. If you put it in the locked box, leave it alone and you're not entirely sure if it can escape or what happened, then it's considered Euclid. And that means that it needs containment procedures, it might escape them, so be really careful. If you put the object in the lockbox, leave it alone, and it escapes, it's considered Keter class. So it's dangerous. It can get out no matter what you do. Then we go into the other three. So if the object is actually the box, it's considered thalamol. And I think I'm saying that correct. Thaumiel, thalamol, I'm not too certain. Basically, a thaumiel is an object that can contain another object. And so then we go on to the Apollyons. They are the most dangerous. So if it cannot go into a box, and if it's about to end the world, it's called Apollyon. So that can basically mean it's classified generally as a K-class event, which is a something that cannot be stopped. It's going to end the world. The galaxy is gone. You are over. That's what all the Apollyons are. They are ones that can start a K-class event. Now, if the object can... If you, could, if you could have locked it in a box but chose not to, then it's considered Archon. So, and the Archons, it means they can theoretically be contained, but it's probably best not to. They're going to be okay. You know, if you contain it, it might be more dangerous. So, uh, those are the five classes. I've got, and, and you didn't mention, and there's got to be, is there, how do I put this? On one of mine, it can't be put into the box initially. It's too big. Well, and I guess where they assume is that any size of box. So whether or not the box is... It's like a five-by-five warehouse or whatever. Yeah. Or mountain-to-mountain, like like mile-by-mile box. Yeah. Although I think if it was a giant mountain, that would be considered Archon because you cannot put it into a box. You you can't fit it into anything. And it's better not to. So what's interesting is when I first started reading these, there were only three classes. There were only the, the safe, Euclid, and Keter. Now they've added the Apollyon, Archeron, and Thalmol. So it's it's interesting how it as how it evolves. And what's other what's also fascinating is it's actually not canon. So anybody can write anything and add it. So you get a lot of add-ons. You get some numbers that are mixed up. You get things like that. Um, so it does get a little bit fun reading through sometimes. If I'm not mistaken, when I started listening to them, it only went to Keter, and Keter was the apocalyptic class. Yes. And then I guess they needed more variations of class, so over, like, it started out being a fan fiction thing in the first place. There is a set of rules that you can look up, which will help you do it exactly in the style of these stories, but like Colleen said, there's a conspiracy theory. Are they telling us these stories because they're creepy and you can tell that they're fake or are they like trickle feeding us and some of these are actually real things and you just have to discern which ones are real and which ones are complete baloney. That's the fun of the SCP. 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 So Colleen's the lucky one that wanted to do the very first one, SCP-001. I don't know if it has any subclassifications. Actually, I do know it does have some subclassifications, which usually you'll hear us say 001, but then there'll be like a 001.1 or a 001, some other designation, 1 or A or, you know, different, depending on who wrote it, they use different variations of the subclasses and those are things that are like say the item had an accessory or um if the item was infected then the patients that have touched it can even become part of the classification in some cases so like if the patient can you know all of a sudden glow in the dark well now the case that patient would be a subclass of that scp that they found so that's how they 
organize things. I, I find it a fairly simple way to do it. You know, just add an A or a dot and then another number at the end. Or sometimes even a little word they add in there. So, anyways, I'm going to throw it over to Colleen, who's got SCP-001. So, 001 is the original, and it's it goes by the name Awaiting Declassification. And with it, the the official notice on it is that in order to prevent knowledge of SCP-001 from being leaked, several or false or not false 001 files have been created alongside the true files. Uh, any files concerning the nature of SCP-001, including the decoys and and the the true ones, are protected by a magnetic magnetic kill agent designed to immediately car- cause cardiac arrest in any non-authorized personnel. So there are about five that are assumed to be 001, and some of them are are pretty simple and quick. So but we don't know which one and it's a way to protect them. So the ones that have been put forward are the Dr. Wondertainment is considered as a possibility. And Dr. Wondertainment actually refers to a person or an organization that procures, sells, distributes all sorts of anonymous, anonymous, anon, oh, I'm going to have a hard time with this, anomalous objects. So the worry is with Dr. Wondertainment, this is their main source of where these things come from. So that's why it's considered a number one. Then there's also number, the second option is the Broken God, also known as Makane. And the Broken God is an ancient and mysterious deity who's worshipped by by the religion Makanism and is, which is followed by the Church of the Broken God. And the interesting thing, this god is actually very benevolent, who has provided many assistances in that. The lore is that he was one of the original gods of the universe, but fell apart. And he doesn't really have any bad things against us, but he tries to help when he can. He's very technologically advanced, is able to help with things like that. Um, There's a lot of SCPs on him. So to go into that would take forever on the Broken God, but he's considered one of the 001s because the 001s really can be like world enders. Um, then the the other ones, two of them, interestingly enough, are actually part of the SCP Foundation. One of the options for 001 is actually the SCP Foundation itself is considered an anonymous an anomalous object and that's i find that one very interesting that the scp foundation would cons- would put itself down as one of the issues that it's one of the problems that it's one of these containment items well it would kind of make sense for that one because it had to start somewhere so if like Say someone all of a sudden developed a superpower and they're like, holy crap, maybe I should study things like this. Then the first one they're going to put down is their very own, right? Yeah. And did you get to the other one yet? Uh, I haven't gotten to the final two. No. Okay. Okay. Colleen's got two more possibilities for 001. So then there's also the 05 Council, which is the governing council of the SCP. There's 13 members and they are the most powerful and influential individuals on the planet. Um, They could alter history itself if they wanted to. They can do anything that they want, this council. So the council is one of the other options. And then the final option that is kind of universally agreed on, there are a few that are not, but the final option is the gate guardian. And that one is personally my favorite. And the gate guardian takes in the old stories of the Garden of Eden. So the Gate Guardian is this a thousand meter tall angel with anywhere from four to 150 wings growing from all different parts of his body, who stands with a giant sword in front of a huge gate. And when you look through this gate, you can see a beautiful 
tree grove and other angels moving around in it. And you see a few trees. You see an apple tree and a tree that bears no fruit known to earth. And it's considered the, the tree of life. And this gate guardian stands silently in front of the gate. Anyone who approaches within a one kilometer radius will receive a telepathic warning that is leave or forget if the person chooses for, to forget they go on their way and they never remember seeing it if the person chooses uh, <coughs> to ignore this they are destroyed to the subatomic level and it's done so quickly that the gate guardian is not even seen to move um, it happens the same thing if they try to send missiles at it they are destroyed immediately um, I've also heard uh Parts where it said that he would actually use that great sword and it would send a shockwave for miles and destroy anything that they would send at it. Yes. And apparently this is actually located around the Tigris Euphrates area. That's one of the areas. The other areas is somewhere in the Middle East, the location non-disclosed. And what it is believed, and I guess this is where the SCP comes in more, is that the story is that one of the originators of the scp foundation heard the gate guardian's voice in his head warning him that this was what he had to do he had to collect these objects or the world was going to end that these objects needed to be uh sourced together and secured and protected or else armageddon would come and the scp actually received um a notice from the future sent back to the current scp um that should the gate guardian ever step aside from his placement in front of the gate, then a K-class event, world-ending apocalypse, cataclysm will occur. So they keep eyes on the gate guardian at all times, no matter what. And any movement, they are immediately worried because if he disappears, that is the end of the world. So those are, there's a few others that are kind of thought like they might be, they might not. Um... But those are the main ones that are in the forerunner as that are put down as a 001. I also heard of another one for 001, which was the Dark Moon. Have you? Did you miss that one? I, I didn't mention that. It's not listed. I've heard of it for number one, but it's not yeah. listed officially. So I left it off of mine. So with the Dark Moon, apparently it can't be perceived for some reason. Uh, the leader at the time for SCP um, was one of the ones to find it and he became the counterbalance to the evilness that this dark moon was and I can't remember all what it did but eventually this guy would start saying stuff that was completely beyond anything what we have ever done technology wise or religious wise or anything else and anytime he's talked about it he keeps reminding them like he's going to be around until he passes it on to someone else and when he does that then they'll be the counterbalance to the dark moon and i guess the dark moon if it shows up or something it can wipe out mankind and and that kind of thing but yeah i heard that one being zero zero one as well yeah and the dark moon that's a huge one like that one also that would take i mean there are videos on that that are two or three hours long yeah the one i saw for the dark moon it went for like two and a half three hours something yeah. like that and it was just like all these different encounters of the dark moon and what happened when it happened and all that kind of stuff yeah the addendums on some of these are the better part oh yeah the, yeah. the addendums make them and the researchers notes yeah that's that's what makes it i love the live interviews or the recorded interviews where they're actually talking to the entity because some of the replies from the entity are, are pretty creepy themselves you know like yeah. Some of the things that they make you think about or, or say that may, you know, change your point of view on something, right? So, I do have the next one in the list, but I think you have a lot bigger list than I do. Still, we're doing in order. Wait, how do you want it to go? Yeah, okay, we could do it in order. Uh, I can make it brief. Yeah. Uh, zero, zero, two. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Talk about next in the like, list. Right next in line. I started at the top and went down, and then I realized that there was over 2,000 of them, and that was probably not the best way to go. So I've actually I... seen reference to over 6,000. Oh, yeah. wow. Uh, but there's, the numbers go up to 8,000. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, 002 is a 
tumor fleshy growth looking ball that has a metal hatch in the top. When you go inside, all you see is a uh, medium to low rent apartment. And the special differences on the inside and on the outside do not match up. So that meaning if this thing is in a room, the room that's inside this thing is bigger than the space in which the outside version contains. Ketamine's tiny fortress. Yeah, a pocket dimension kind of yeah. idea. Um, they have sent people into the apartment, and when the hatch is closed, they hear screaming. They try and get the hatch open. They don't get anything. They, uh, After a couple seconds, the hatch will open itself. They look inside. There's nothing in there except for a new piece of per- furniture that looks like it's been made out of bio- biological material, so like meat and tissue and bones and fingernail and and stuff like that that's no bowling ball that's my wife yeah and apparently they ended up losing four to six people in that room that just disappeared and uh every time someone has disappeared there's been a new thing of furniture there was even a, a radio made out of meat sitting on a nightstand so yeah a lot of these things are are really really creepy but that's essentially it for zero zero two. It's it's a small apartment that makes its furnishings out of people, Ooh. and it's in containment. It has it's. Uh, I think that one was Euclid as well. They have it contained as long as it's contained. It can't go anywhere. It doesn't move. So now, when you talk about them sending people in, one of the accepted practices of the SCP is that they use undesirables as their guinea pigs. So they use prisoners they use people from the street they use people who won't be missed terminally ill yeah they'll, they'll use people who it doesn't matter if they go at least in their mind and these are basically their cannon fodder yeah that gets sent to everything it's not a nice group of people no not a nice group of people you do not want to work for them there is no uh job security uh whatsoever except for the fact that you are likely going to die which which by the way is a really, really good segue into my next one, right? Very good. <laughs> it is considered safe, and it is uh, SCP-034. And it, it is uh, the Obsidian Ritual Knife. Oh, awesome. Now, basically what this sucker thing does, right, if you use the knife to cut off a piece of flesh, piece of skin from a living person, and put it onto another living person, they will immediately transform into that person. They will maintain that transformation in a ratio to the size of skin that you've taken. And they've got it down to one square centimeter equals one hour. All right. Now, the fun part about that is they've got a lot of information about how this works. Some of the easy ones that they tested on when they did it with a salmon, it didn't work. When they did it with a monkey, the guy grew all hairy, and then it, nothing happened. But then we go into more of the more interesting cases. Oh. <laughs> the SCP cruelty is unbelievable. Yeah, where are we here? <clears throat> Test one. Sample taken from a diseased human corpse had no effect. Because it wasn't alive. Because it wasn't alive. Because it wasn't alive, yeah. Sample sample taken from D, and the D signifies the undesirable <laughs> that they're using. Yeah. Right? Um, so it was taken from one person and put onto the other person and totally mimic, mimicked the original thing. So that's how we know it worked. Right? Uh, medically injured coma. And the person immediately, and then when it was applied, the person went into immediate coma themselves, fell unconscious, and woke up, right, after the time period ended. So you're saying person is person. Uh, is this a room that does that? or is No, it? it's a knife. You, they are oh, literally, knife. what they're doing it's is you're knife, taking so. person one, cutting off a piece of skin, right, and applying it to person two, right? <clears throat> Broken someone's arm. This guy had their arm broken because he was trying to infiltrate SCP labs, right? They and they applied it to one of their technicians, and the technician's arm was immediately broken, right? <coughs> Oddly enough, someone who has just died from a uh, 
um, a brain aneurysm, right? When they applied that, they actually mimicked, but they were unconscious, but there was actually a living thing there. So it's an interesting little twist that they throw in there on that particular one case. Because they were recently dead. Because they were recently dead. Now, the other thing is, is that when they did it with a terminally ill patient, using enough to survive the illness, enough skin samples to survive the the until the patient died, the terminally ill patient died, question mark of how long that was, <laughs> how many skin pieces were taken off on that one, um, the transformation held until the moment of death, at which point both people seemingly died, and then the other one reverted back and woke up. Um, but I understand that during this entire process, he's suffering all the second guy number two is suffering the disease, right? I'm sure it wasn't happy for guy number two to have the broken arm for an hour. No. Right? You know, um, anyhow, there you are. Right. So that's uh, zero three four. Does, does it say anything about their memories going over? or anything? Like um, that? They maintain their own memories. They're aware okay. of who they were and what they were. Okay. Um. The knife came into their possession because they, the SCP was actually infiltrated by someone who had the knife, did not have his memories, but had been trained in all of the protocols of SCP and was behaving as at one of their time their head technicians who was now missing. Right, and had enough skin samples to survive several days inside their thing. He did not confess anything or reveal any pertinent information even after torture, <laughs> which he did not survive. Yeah, I could imagine. What <laughs> right, that's the last little bit in, yeah. <laughs> in, 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 in the actual report is that whole bit about the guy <laughs> carrying the knife. So there you go. Way to go, SCP. <laughs> oh, yeah, they are brutal. They are so brutal. Yeah, some of them are pretty scary. I don't know how many. How many do you have? Uh, I only have two others. Oh, okay. How many do you have, Peter? Like nine others? Uh, I can cut down. I can cut down. I've only got uh, seven. No, I can't count. Yes, I can. Seven. Yeah. Well, well, what's your next favorite? Um. Well, well, well. There's a few here that I can go through really quickly. Just bang off, right? And 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 I put these down because they were fun. You always you already <coughs> heard me talk about the. Uh, uh, the um, fortress, right, from D&D. Well, also from D&D, SCP-109, right, uh, the infinite canteen. And that's basically your uh, decanter of endless water. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> right? like your bag of holding, but for water. Right? Now, one of the really funny little things about that, right, again, it was a safe thing, but one of the funny things about that is that they mentioned that they actually had to tell their technicians that it was incorrect to try and chug and empty the uh, never-ending canteen because it would not end. And they actually lost technicians in the attempt. That were just trying to chug the <laughs> chug, whole thing. Chug, 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 chug. <laughs> Death by water. Wow. Death by water. All right. And in that same same group, and this is where they become funny for me, right? Um, SCP-573, uh, the Pied Piper of Hamlin, they've got his pipe. They've got the Pied yeah. Pipes, yeah. right? Some of them tie into other yeah, things. Yeah, and, and they literally do, right? And that's that's their primary function. If they're played, and they can be any particular group or class of human or animal. Yeah. Right? Children beings especially susceptible to it, as well as mammals, right? Not animal, but mammals, right? And up there in that same category is SCP-352, and that's... Baba Yaga, right? Our our favorite Yaga. witch. Yeah. yeah. Baba Yaga, wow. Right? Baba um, Yaga, I believe, is Jamaican. No, no, no she's uh, Eastern European. Yeah. Oh, Russian. okay. Yeah. I might be thinking of a different one because the one I saw was... Well, or maybe it was a different Baba. And, and that's what I love about SCP is that there's stuff for everything. <coughs> you have the fun ones. You have the terrify the crap out of you ones. You have the gory. It's got everything. Whatever you're looking for, it will have something about yeah. that. Um, that's what I find fascinating, is the amount of effort people have put into this. Yeah, and in like Baba Yaga, they follow her myth as well, with what she does, right? Don't look now, but I really was prepared. I can tell you about 004 real quick. Because like I said, I went semi in order. 
Zero zero four is uh, what oh, hang looks. Hang on here. We're just right there. Okay. Right. Uh, pretty much, Baba Yaga is an old woman. Right. That she gives her appearance. She's kept in a cage. Right. They really don't know how old or young she is. Right. Um, and basically, she emancipates and actually just slowly kills and feeds off of anyone who's left near her for any length of time. Right. It's just really bizarre. Right. But anyhow, yeah. and that's about it. But go ahead. Uh, zero zero. Oh no, it's actually zero zero three. It's a motherboard composed out of chitin hair, nails, and other such meaty things. And it was found with uh, a stone tablet that it was embedded into. Um, I don't have much more about it, but it was converting things into technological things, but made out of meat as well. Uh, like oh, wow, like you like other... meat transfers, eh? I, I think it was because a lot of them were, at, like both of these were at the starting of the list, right? Oh, that okay. was 002 and 003, so I wonder if they're trying to stick those kind of they do get weirder. The, the, oh yeah. The, the, when you actually, go up, it's what it is. Is is the numbers actually indicate when they were made? So, like, if you were to make an, an SCP now and put it in, it could not be zero zero five. Yeah. It would go in as like eight thousand two hundred ninety two or something like that. Um. So they go in order as to when they were written. So the zeros were the earliest SCPs ever written. Part of the original groupings. And that makes sense because I, I do find that the more funny ones for lack of a better word or are later tend to be a little bit later in the in the yeah. line than yeah. than the the early ones were really like blow your mind off like oh my lord what is this yeah. um they really were like out of this out of this world you were like oh, okay what's going on here yeah um so do you want me to do my t I've, my two actually tie into each other and then i've got two more after that yeah okay all right so I personally, I love when old stories are taken and reimagined. So the two that I've always loved since I first read them ages ago are actually, they are called SCP-073 and then SCP-076. Now, 73 is known as Cain and 76 is known as Abel. Mm -hmm. Saw that coming. Yeah, exactly. So... Cain for 7-3 is Euclid class, so he can be contained, um, but the extra measures have to be taken on him. Um, he's an adult male, um, looks to be of Middle Eastern origin. What's interesting is his arms, legs, spinal cord, and shoulder blades are have been replaced with a metal that was originally unknown and has now been identified as Barry Lillum bronze. And very little in bronze is one of these uh, special metals that comes, um, it's only used on anomalous objects, and it's considered to have originated somewhere in the Middle East thousands of years ago, and possibly interdimensional. So when you ask Cain about, oh, what happened with your legs, he kind of will look at them and he's like, what, what, something happened? Oh, what's wrong with my legs? He doesn't quite remember. You know, he doesn't really quite realize that they're made of metal. I've had days like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then he also, he has a rune, uh, a Sumerian rune. Um, On the point of legs made of metal, uh, one of our cast members, Chris, was hit by a car. And he has a broken knee. And they also found out that he has a uh, broken wrist. The wrist has been casted up. Um, he is still waiting surgery on his knee, but he will be metal, part metal. So, uh, yeah, if you guys could, you know, maybe send him a couple well wishes and keep them in your hearts, that'd be much appreciated. Anyway, sorry, Colleen, carry oh, on. Oh, that was good to mention. I'm glad you did. Um, but, okay, so I'll go back to Kane. Yeah. No offense, Chris. Um, but Kane also has, he's got a Sumerian rune on his forehead. And if you mention it, he gets very upset. Um, will not tell what it is. It's they cannot uh, translate it. They don't know what it is. Um, so he, um, uh, what's interesting? He's very friendly, and he helps out the staff a lot. Talks with them a lot. Helps them with lots of things. He, one of his issues is that if he gets within twenty meters of any type of plant life. 
it will be destroyed immediately. If his feet touch soil, the soil is permanently dead. All anaerobic bacteria has died. It can never be used again. Um, so he has to be kept in a room where there is no plant life anywhere near. He is completely uh, How deep? How deep? I don't know. It didn't actually say how deep he was. It just to says make sure he doesn't a, connect with the soil. Yeah, it just says he's kept in a, in a two-bedroom apartment. Very comfortable, you know, because he's very friendly. Oh, high up. That would be the Maybe solution. Maybe that's it, yeah. yeah. Well, because as long as he's not touching the soil completely, yeah. um, no SCPs that are plant life can come near him because he'll kill them immediately. Um, he's completely uh, a carnivore, eats no plants whatsoever. Um, and he has a photographic memory to the point where an 800-page dictionary, he took a minute and a half to read and remembers everything. So what the SCP has actually used him as is they're using him as their backup. They give him all of their files, all of their information, show it to him. He keeps it on record for them. Oh, God, let's hope he never escapes. Yeah, exactly. So, but he's very friendly. He has no desire to escape or anything. What's interesting is when he was going through the files to catalog them, uh, came across, he came across the information for 76, for, for SCP-076, ABLE. And he immediately got disturbed. And he already knew all that information. He was actually able to add to it. And then he said it would be best to keep them apart. So that's kind of where Kane's story ends. Um, and we get into Abel's. Abel's is a lot more complex. What Abel's is, he's actually one of these ones that's got like a dash. SCP-076-1 and 076-2. 7-6 con consists of two parts. One is a square cube, about three meters, three meters, three meters. And on one side, there's a door with one large lock and 20 small locks, but they have no keys. So they can't lock the door. The door will automatically open, um, and but they have no way to lock whatever's in out. When you go into the cube, the cube is actually inside... Um, it registers at 93 Kelvin, which is minus 180 degrees centigrade. And they can't do anything to change the temperature. And in the middle of the cube is a large stone uh, coffin that is bound with chains and metal and locks of which they do not know the origin. They don't know what type of metal. They don't know where it came from. And the cube is about 10,000 years old. They've been able to date it about that far. What happens, so the cube is dash one, and then there is a humanoid, which is dash two. And the human is about a 30-year-old male, and he's covered with uh, occult tattoos, most of which are leering demonic faces. Um, and when he is inside of the cube, he's dead. For all intents and purposes, dead. But he will wake up. And as soon as he wakes up, he leaves the cube, goes to find a human and as soon as he sees a human he's absolutely overcome with rage has to kill anyone anything he sees so then they have to kill him the only way they can do this is they've got to kill him at which point he will decompose very quickly and he'll just reappear back in the coffin and it can take him anywhere from like six hours to 25 years to reawaken killing him is horribly hard this guy can tear through steel he can be underwater for an hour, yeah. Just a quick note, just as to the listeners. So, between a few hours and 25 years. So, in the back history of SCP, this is how old this organization is. Yep. His box was found in the 1800s. Do not know the exact date. It just says 18, and then the next two numbers are redacted. So, you don't know when, but it was found in the 1800s. Um, so, like, this guy, he can rip through steel... Um, he can be underwater for over an hour. He can literally swat bullets from the air, like bullets from, from high powered submachine guns, just swat them from the air. He can also pull bladed weapons out of thin air. At least they thought it was until they got videos of it, slowed it down and saw that he was opening an interdimensional rift, pulled the blade out. And the blade was basically made of dark matter. And as soon as the blade left his hand, it disappeared. So he could do that. And the, um, he has absolutely no regard for humans, detests them, hates them, but 
he has respect for people who he considers <coughs> worthy of being his enemies. Um, there was one agent who had was responsible for killing him many times, and one time when Cain escaped, or Abel escaped, um, that agent wasn't there. And he was distraught, very distraught. Where was this guy? And he found out the agent had died. And he was just... He was just complete. He's like, this was the one person who was worthy of me. And he respected him. Now you get into a little bit of the fun. Because a lot of the stuff on Abel talks about something called Task Force, Mobile Task Force Omega-7. And this is part of the SCP's fun. They will weaponize things. And that's what they did with Abel. They put a collar on him that had a kill switch that would literally blow his head off. Um, and then they, elite, they recruited elite task force members to work with him. And basically their job was whenever they told Abel to kill somebody, that was what he would do. And if he didn't follow orders, kill switch, duck on. The researchers <laughs> were horrified. Suicide squad. Yeah. This was the team that was like completely out there. Let's go kill. I mean, Abel can kill anything. Um, and the research team was absolutely horrified by this because this guy was uncontrollable. And there were you when you read through the information, there's many memos coming from the lead researchers saying, get him under control. You can't keep doing this. When he gets bored, we have problems. Um, and that's part of the big deal. When Abel gets bored, Abel decides to start putting his team through training mechanisms and then they all get ripped apart by Abel because he's bored. Um, what happened one time is somebody made a mention of 7-3. So Cain, Abel lost his shit. Like completely went beyond anything they'd ever seen before for Berserk. So it is now an absolute rule that there is no contact, no mention, nothing about 7-3. Um, and that is for everybody's safety because if it's ever, if 7-3 Kane is ever talked about in front of Abel, everything can be destroyed. Currently, Abel and his box reside in an underground facility uh, underwater, like, you know, very deep underwater in a self-contained <laughs> cement cube, you know, hoping that he can't get out. So basically he would drown before he escapes. Probably not because he could spend an hour underwater. True. true. The hope is that he can't get out, but he's constantly getting out. They have... They have so many records of how many people he've ki he's killed and each time he's escaped and they figured out how to kill him. So many missing person cases could be solved overnight. I know, I know. What I love about this is the Cain and Abel and how, how the whole, the old lore, the biblical stories, the old stories, whatever, were brought into it. And that's what I love is when they bring in stories that we all know, it's like, like Baba Yaga and that, and Pied Piper, Pied Piper. When they bring those in and they give them a new twist. Yeah. And and from these ones, Cain and Abel, the interesting thing is that Abel is the bad one, Cain is the good one. <clears throat> and that's what I always that's what I found fascinating about these two from the beginning. Um, plus you add in the whole weaponization. That one just blew me. So <laughs> I do have two left myself. Um both of them are humanoid, so I figured I'll lump my two together and then let you finish it off. All right, that's cool, because mine aren't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I have SCP-056, The Beautiful Person. The beautiful person uh, is never perceived as the same thing over and over again. It changes its form, and nobody knows what its true form is because no one's actually seen it. Uh it takes on the appearance of a person the same sex as the operator that's closest to it. However, it'll copy its um, clothing and uh, not only copy it, but it'll be of a higher quality and like a, a, a higher fashion sense. Also, the person uh, that it turns into is not a copy of the person that's closest to it. It's someone who looks more beautiful or is smarter than the person. So it's think of it essentially as the ultimate one-upper. Um, the original form it took was of a very beautiful uh, man, actually. And they said... So the that, ultimate Brad or Stacy. And he was apparently the one that created this entity. 
And when it was created, its favorite form was him for the longest time until it realized it could be more beautiful than what he was and therefore had always been above everyone, not only in appearance, but in intelligence. That just makes me feel so sorry for him in the fact that that means he's got such a self-image problem, right? Like lack of self-confidence because he's always thinking he can be more beautiful than he already is. Like, wow. Any time they send one of their most attractive employees in and they try and belittle this SCP, they end up leaving in tears because the comebacks are just so brutal and to the point that, like, like they're always one-upping. Oh, my God, it's a drag queen. Yeah. (laughs) So then they wanted to know what this thing looks like when there's nobody around to copy. So they had it in this room, and the only thing that was in the room with it was a camera system. It took on the form of a higher quality camera system. So that goes to show that it's... cameras have feelings too. Yeah. Um, And yeah, anytime it was near something and there was nobody in the room, like if they left a couch in the room and then all the people left, it would turn into a higher quality couch of the same relative style. Talk about it having such horrible self-esteem. The ultimate one up. The yeah. ultimate one up. It always has to be the best. Yeah, yeah. It just makes you feel sorry for it, doesn't it? Like a whole amount of pity. Uh, you know, and it's Euclid. It's Eu- Euclid. Yeah. Uh, it was tested for IQ points, and against their smartest people, it scored on average uh, thirty points higher in our IQ than anybody else was who was there. Wow. Uh, in strength and physicality, it could uh, lift. 30 kilograms more than the strongest staff member they had. on. So it does have a limitation to it takes the highest and goes so far up. And goes so far up. Just <laughs> enough to be better than you in every way. Almost like it's got to be 20% better. Yeah. Well, according to this, 30. 30? Okay. 30 yeah. points better, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, and it also speaks over 200 dialects. Or is it 2,000? I can't remember. I kind of rushed it yesterday. I was doing a lot of stuff. Actually... That's interesting because a number of them speak many, many languages. Like um, Abel, for all the fact that he's so violent, he's transmitted Sumerian for them. Um, it's in- I find that fascinating that a lot of these SCPs are extremely intelligent. I don't know what that says about it. Well, a lot of them are Unless intelligent they're not, entities. Not living. Yeah. Although there are some non-living ones that still speak. That's an interesting footnote. Yeah, so that was SCP-056, The Beautiful Person. The other one I have that is also, uh, well, an attractive person, I guess, but either way, still a humanoid, is SCP-166, The Teenage Succubus. Yeah. So she was found in a church. Uh, She was being raised by nuns. Um, she has a severe allergy to anything clothing. Within 45 minutes of being clothed with anything, she would develop bed sores, rashes, and um, uh, boils. So she was granted the... Um, she was allowed to walk naked. She, she, uh, her bedding was like the finest of silk linens, and they were changed once weekly. They had measures in place that no male, well, for one, no male employee was allowed within 500 meters of SCP-166, uh, I believe I said it was. Yeah. Um, there's also uh, walls and plexiglass put in the way so that even if a glance is seen by a male employee, it's not direct eye contact because it's going through plexiglass but if any male comes too close he goes insane you know tries to get with her and then she ends up devouring them wow uh she does not need to eat um but yet survives on one cc of semen per week uh administered orally she can eat and does eat, but does not need to eat. So, like, if someone came and said, oh, we're going to have dinner tonight, she'll sit down and eat, but she does not need to eat. Need to. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
she has asked for several items um, in her stay at the SCP facility. One of them was a copy of the Bible, and that was granted. Another one was uh, rosary beads, Catholic rosary beads, and that was granted. Uh, she also requested to have a priest come so that she could do mass and all the other important religious functions that normal Catholic people do, right? Uh, that, however, was denied. Understandably. Um, she has asked for books and magazines, usually of the religious type. That was granted. She was... <clears throat> she asked for uh, phone contact to... Um, it, it's essentially a cult in Abbas in Cornwall, England. Uh, a lot of that was redacted. Like, the actual name of the cult was redacted. But she's allowed to spend one hour on the phone per week to that one phone number alone. And that's it. She's not allowed any other phone calls to anybody else. She is allowed uh, a leave of like three days per month to go and um, be on an island, be not in the facility. And during the time that she's on the island relaxing, uh, no men are allowed to be on the island itself at all um, for safety reasons for both, I guess you would say. Um and she would enjoy books, videos, and art supplies, usually all based around religious things. Apparently a really pure person and extremely attractive that if seen by the opposite sex, or at least one that was straight, anyways. Actually, I'm not sure. Like, yeah, I, The thing I was listening to didn't cover whether or not the they had side. to have the sacro preference of a for a woman right like if a gay gentleman looked at him would he go oh please queen like or would he all of a sudden be pulled into it just because he's a male like i i have no idea how that works or, or, would, a lesbian go for or would a lesbian go for her? i have no idea see because then it wouldn't be just no men allowed you would think it would say no women allowed as well up to a certain point right you would have to my guess is since she she requires semen for sustenance. My guess it would be any men, but whoever can produce that semen would be part of her dinner. Um, no, they were getting getting it from uh, semen donor banks. Yes, they had it all set up through that kind of thing. Oh my uh, god! And I thought I was going to have children. <laughs> now yeah, I know. CC of semen per Does week. Does she age? Uh, not that they know of. No. So you have no idea how long she actually been with the nuns. No. No, and apparently they found her just like, you know, those kind of left on the stoop kind of yeah. baby story, you know. So you got one or two, Peter? We're at, well, you got 10 minutes or so. Well, the first one we can get through quick. Because I, I just, again, um, referencing ancient history or history, right? And, and mine is uh, SCP-926. And it is the, I'm going to try and say this, I'm probably going to screw it up. Uh, and basically, it's the Chinese zither, right? It was found in around 1974. It's a Chinese what? Zither. Six-string guitar, 12-string oh, guitar. Oh, sitar? Yeah, yeah. Or not a sitar, that's Indian. Yeah, zither. 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 <clears throat> but anyhow, it got restored, restrung, played, right? And that led to the discovery of the terracotta armies. Because it is the device that controls them and animates them. Well, that's cool. Right? Oh, this is going to be a good one. And, well, no, that's pretty much just the gist of it, right? They don't do anything that's locked away. They don't utilize it at all, right? It was just the, the real big story of it is that it, it... It'll reanimate these soldiers. Yeah, and that's how they discovered them, oh. right? Because they started moving and they caused an earthquake, right? Oh, just, oh that's kind of neat. Right? Yeah, yeah, that is fascinating. and it was an accidental find. Yeah. We do, we know that from history, right? Yeah. That's how history describes it. I like the history-based ones. Yeah, I heard of a teddy bear. Oh, the oh the teddy bear! That one's creepy as hell. And apparently, one day it went missing, and it was gone for something like three days. And then when it showed up again in one of the hallways, it had fashioned 
a friend teddy bear out of whatever fabric it had found and oh that's that's the that's the pg version yeah yeah and well apparently the two of them went on a murder spree right after that and killed over 18 people or something like that it's it fashions replicas of itself and it's fashioned one out of human ears and it's fashioned one out of unborn fetuses so they have to keep any woman who might be pregnant away from it (laughs) anyways my my last one which i thought was just kind of whoa this is just out there right and it's one this is why i brought up the question earlier but what if they can't fit it into the box this is the one that doesn't fit in the box um and it's scp 222 uh and this is the coffin of cloning it's a stone coffin man size right uh today's height so i guess they were planning for the future Right, uh, can hold one person in. Uh, in the coffin, it's located and is governed by SCP personnel and the Italian Army because it's in part of the Italian Alps, right, in the cave system. Uh, and what happens is that if you take a live person and you put them in there in the coffin, within an X amount of hours, right. You will open the coffin and that person can get out and come out and everything is fine. But when they go into the coffin, they will immediately go to into a, a deep sleep. Right. That is even if they're suffering from uh, claustrophobia or if they've been given huge amount of uh, stay awake drugs. Right. Anti. I don't know what they're called. Amphetamines. Or something. Or, yeah. 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 So anyhow. So but the neat thing about this, they immediately go to sleep even under those two conditions and. They can, after they, at the hours or so have passed, they get him up, they let him go around, he's fine, right? Within 24 hours, inside this cave complex, somewhere, they will find a clone of that person. That person will have no memories, all of it, he won't know who he is, he won't know, but he will retain all of his Ken knowledge, all of the things that he's been taught. So if he knows languages, he knows languages, if he was a military person he has his military knows how to combat how to fight but he has no idea he just he has no idea who he was right and he'll follow though the ethics the moral conduct of the baseline character that he developed he'll have the personality traits that you know as if he had gone through the life of sticky places to, to become the person he was so he would be that person just without knowledge of who he was yeah, so he will react, and they actually use these people as extra uh, extra <laughs> technicians Test and officers for other and, things, yeah. and, and other things because they're not really people, but they are people. Um, now they, are, they do run into right. some problems, and the one problem that they ran into is they were using them actually in a spy mission, and they've got him there. But they the person that they had hired to spy, he had actually deep seated negative feelings so he actually converted to the other side and started working against them right and they had to take the clone out right because it because uh, it malfunctioned it, it malfunctioned because of his inner personality yeah something traits. missed a life lesson or something yeah say something someone got by the psych test yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. right so someone didn't remember the 19 days of therapy but it's just the fact that you know they've got this cloning apparatus and what they use it for is fodder yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's it for me. Yeah, that's pretty good. We we're at fifty some odd minutes, fifty eight minutes ish. Yeah, depending on how much I take out. There, there are a number of SCPs which are pretty well known around, and they're often like the biggies, like the uh, the statue, the teddy bear, um, yeah. the the one who cannot be seen. Um, you know, there's a lot of those which are very well known. And one one last thing that I'd like to get into is that I was surprised. And when I was doing the research to get case studies and stuff, right, I suddenly came across the fact that there now exists a game, SCP the game. Really? And you can actually see um, play videos online. So just as a footnote, you know, uh, to to because it's evidently been around. As a matter of fact, some references you can find that Obsidian Dagger. That obsidian dagger was used as a reference in Magic the Gathering card, yeah. and it was also used as a reference in another one of the card games, but I'm not sure which one. It's slipping my it might mind. Might have been Yu-Gi-Oh. Might have been something like that. Yeah. But yeah, so these things are actually coming from there, right, and being incorporated into real life things like yeah. Magic the Gathering 
Yu-Gi-Oh. It's fascinating how it has permeated around and and gotten into culture in so many different ways. Um, and you see it around and, and how how big it's becoming compared to what it started out as. Because uh, I remember like reading them years ago and it was no one knew who they were. No one knew anything about them. But the last couple of years, especially with the YouTube videos, it's really gotten big. But 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 you remember your fascination though back in the late nineties when you first met, ran into your creepy pastas. Yeah. You thought, oh god! And then did someone come with SCP and go, "Oh man, you made it better." Yeah. It was it was amazing. It just blew your mind. Alrighty, so uh, thanks for joining us on one of our all October Halloween episodes. And uh, next week, we hope to have first-hand ghost stories, so that should be pretty good. There's already a sneak peek up on the Mystery Matt Facebook fan page, so slide over there and check out some of the uh, paused footage I highlighted orbs floating around in. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Take her easy. <laughs>